Thomas Watson's Sermons on the Ten Commandments The Seventh Commandment You shall not commit adultery, Exodus 20, verse 14. The things forbidden in the commandment is infecting ourselves with bodily pollution and impurity. You shall not commit adultery. The fountain of this sin is lust. Since the fall, holy love has degenerated to lust. Lust is a fever of the soul. There is a twofold adultery, one mental. Everyone who looks at a woman with lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Matthew 5 verse 27 Just as someone can die of inward bleeding, so he may be damned for the inward torrent of lust if it is not conquered. Number 2 Physical Adultery This happens when sin is conceived and is brought forth in the act. This is directly forbidden. You shall not commit adultery. This commandment is set up as a wall to keep out impurity. And a serpent may bite him who breaks through a wall. Ecclesiastes 10 verse 8 Adultery is a heinous and lustful crime. Job 31 verse 11 Every failure is not a crime, and every crime is not a heinous crime. But adultery is a heinous crime. The Lord calls it villainy. They have acted foolishly in Israel, and have committed adultery with their neighbors' wives. Jeremiah 29 verse 23 What makes adultery such a heinous sin? 1. It is a breach of the marriage oath. When people come together in matrimony, they bind themselves by covenant to each other in the presence of God to be true and faithful in a marital relationship. Immorality breaks a solemn oath, and in this way adultery is worse than fornication because it breaks a marital bond. Adultery is a heinous sin because it is a great dishonor done to God. God says, you shall not commit adultery. The adulterer sets his will above God's law, tramples upon his command, and offends him to his face, as if a subject would tear his prince's proclamation up. The adulterer is highly disparaging to all the persons in the Trinity. It is disparaging to God the Father, sinner, God has given you your life, and you waste the lamp of life and the prime of your life in wickedness and immorality. He has bestowed on you many mercies, health, and possessions, and you spend it all on immorality. Did God give you wages to serve the devil? Adultery is disparaging to God the Son in two ways. One, He has purchased you with His blood. You have been bought with a price, 1 Corinthians 6 verse 20. He who is bought is not his own. It is a sin for him to go to someone else without consent, to go away from Christ who has bought him with a price. Number two, by faith you are a Christian and profess that Christ is your head and you are a member of Christ. Therefore, what an insult it is to Christ to take away the members of Christ and make them members of a prostitute. 
Adultery is disparaging to God the Holy Spirit, for the body is his temple. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? How great a sin it is to defile his temple. The sin of adultery is so heinous because it is committed with careful consideration. The sin is formulated in the mind, consented to in the will, and then the sin is carried out into action. To sin against the light of nature and to sin deliberately is like to die to the wool. He gives sin a tincture and dyes it a crimson color. The sin of adultery is so heinous because it is needless. God has provided a remedy to prevent it. Because of immoralities, each man is to have his own wife, and each woman is to have her own husband. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 2 Therefore, after this remedy has been prescribed, to be guilty of fornication or adultery is inexcusable. It is like a rich thief who steals when he has no need. This increases a sin. Application number one. The Church of Rome is here condemned, which allows the sins of fornication and adultery. It does not allow its priests to marry, but they may have their paramours, the worst kind of impurity, incest, with the nearest of kin, is dispensed with for money. It was once said of Rome that Rome had become a common stew, and no wonder when the Pope, for a sum of money, could give a license to commit impurity, and if the license were not enough, he would give them a pardon. Many of the Roman Catholics judge fornication not to be a very serious sin, but God condemns even lusting, Matthew 5 verse 28. If God condemns the thought, how dare they allow the act of fornication. You see what a cage of unclean birds the Church of Rome is. They call themselves a holy Catholic Church, but how can they be holy who are so steeped and smothered in fornication, incest, sodomy, and all manner of impurity? Application number two. It is a manner for sorrow to see this commandment so disrespected and violated among us. Adultery is a reigning sin of the times. They are all adulterers. Like an oven heated by the baker, Hosea 7 verse 4. The time of King Henry VIII was called the Golden Age, but our day can be called the Unclean Age, wherein immorality is common. And your filthiness is lewdness. Ezekiel 24 verse 13. Martin Luther tells us of someone who said, If he could only satisfy his loss and go from one immoral person to another, he would desire no other heaven. This is to love forbidden fruit, to love to drink of stolen waters. Proverbs 9 verse 17. Ezekiel 8, verses 6 to 9. He said to me, Son of man, do you see what they are doing? 
great abominations which the house of Israel are committing here, so that I would be far from my sanctuary, but yet you will see still greater abominations. Then he brought me to the entrance of the court, and when I looked, behold, a hole in the wall, he said to me, Son of man, now dig through the wall. So I dug through the wall, and behold, an entrance. And he said to me, Go in and see the wicked abominations that they are committing here. If we could, as a prophet Ezekiel, dig through the walls of many houses, what vile abominations would we see there? In some homes we might see fornication. Dig further, and we may see adultery. Dig further still, and we may see incest, and so on. Will not the Lord again go from his sanctuary? God might remove his gospel, and then we could write Ichabod on this nation, for the glory is departed. She called the boy Ichabod, saying, The glory is departed from Israel, 1 Samuel 4, verse 21. Let us mourn for what we cannot reform. Application number three. This commandment is given for exhortation that we might keep ourselves from the sin of adultery. Let every man have his own wife, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 7 verse 2, not his own concubine or mistress. In order to try to deter you from adultery, let me show you the great evil of it. Adultery is a dishonest sin. It is the highest sort of theft. The adulterer steals from his neighbor that which is more than his property and possessions. He steals away his wife from him, who is flesh of his flesh. Adultery depaces a person. It makes him resemble the beasts. Therefore the adulterer is described like a horse. Nain, each one nain after his neighbor's wife, Jeremiah 5 verse 8. It is worse and brutish, for some creatures that are a void of reason observe some decorum and chastity simply by the instinct of nature. The turtle dove is a traced creature and keeps to its mate. The stork, wherever he flies, enters no nest but his own. Adultery is worse and brutish, for it degrades a person of his honor. Adultery pollutes. The devil is called an unclean spirit, Luke 11, verse 24. The adulterer is the devil's firstborn son. He is unclean. He is a moving mess. He is festering all over with sin. His eyes sparkle with lust. His mouth foams out filth. His heart burns like Mount Etna and unclean desires. He is so filthy that if he dies in this sin, all the flames of hell will never purge away his immorality. It's for the adulteress, who can paint her dreadful enough. The scripture calls her a deep pit. Proverbs 23 verse 27 She is a common sewer, whereas a believer's body is a living temple and his soul is a little heaven adorned with the graces of so many stars. The body of a harlot is a walking dunghill, and her soul 
is a lesser hell. Adultery is destructive to the body. You groan at your final end when your flesh and your body are consumed. Proverbs 5 verse 11 Immorality turns a body into a hospital. It brings foul diseases and eats the beauty of the face. As the flame wastes the candle, so the fire of lust consumes the bones. The adulterer hastens his own death. With her many persuasions she entices him. With her flattering lips she seduces him. Suddenly follows her as an ox goes to the slaughter or as one in fetters to the discipline of a fool until an arrow pierces through his liver. As a bird hastens to the snare so he does not know that it will cost him his life. Proverbs 7 verses 21 to 23. The Romans had their funerals at the gate of Venus's temple to signify that lust brings death. Venus is lust. Adultery is a drain upon the wallet. It not only wastes the body, but it also wastes your possessions and resources. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching is light, and reproof for discipline or the way of life to keep you from the evil woman, from the smooth tongue of the adulteress. Do not desire her beauty in your heart nor let her capture you with her eyelids. For on account of a harlot one is reduced to a loaf of bread, and an adulteress hunts for the precious life. Proverbs 6 verses 23 to 26 Promiscuous women and prostitutes are the devil's leeches, sponges that suck in money. The prodigal son spent his inheritance when he fell among harlots. Luke 15, verse 30. When King Edward III was dying, his concubine got all she could from him and even plucked the rings off of his fingers and then left him. He who lives in luxury dies in poverty. Adultery destroys one's reputation. The one who commits adultery with a woman is lacking sense. He who would destroy himself does it. Wounds and disgrace he will find, and his reproach will not be blotted out. Proverbs 6, 32 and 33 Some, when they get wounds, get honor. The soldier's wounds are full of honor, and the martyr's wounds for Christ are full of honor. But the adulterer merely gets wounds, but no honor to his name. His reproach will not be blotted out. No physician can heal wounds to one's reputation. When the adulterer dies, his shame lives. When his body rots underground, his name rots above ground. His out-of-wedlock children are living monuments of his shame. Adultery impairs the mind. It steals away the understanding. It numbs the heart. Harlotry. Wine and new wine take away the understanding. Hosea 4 verse 11. It eats all purity out of the heart. 
Solomon consumed himself with women. And adultery incurs judgment in this world. The Mosaic Law made the penalty for adultery to be death. The adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death. Leviticus 20 verse 10 and the usual method of death was by stoning Deuteronomy 22 verse 24. The Salons commanded people guilty of the sin to be burnt. The Romans caused their heads to be cut off. Like a scorpion, the sin carries a sting in its tail. The adultery of Paris and Helen was a cause of the death of both and the ruin of Troy. Jealousy enrages a man, and he will not spare in the day of vengeance. Proverbs 6, verse 34. The adulterer is often killed in the act of his sin. Adultery cost Otho, the emperor, and Pope Sixtus, the fourth, their lives. Lust's practice is to make a joyful entrance, but she leaves in misery. I've read of two people in London who having defiled themselves with adultery were immediately struck dead with lightning from heaven. If all who are now guilty of the sin were to be punished in this manner, it would rain fire again as in Sodom. Adultery without repentance damns the soul. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10 The fire of lust results in the fire of hell. Fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Hebrews 13, verse 4 Though people may neglect to judge adulterers, God will judge them. But will not God judge all other sinners? Yes. Why then does the author of Hebrews say specifically that God will judge fornicators and adulterers? The meaning is that God will assuredly judge them. They will not escape the hand of justice, and God will punish them severely. The Lord knows how to rescue the godly from temptation and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment and especially those who indulge the flesh in its corrupt desires and despise authority. 2 Peter 2 verses 9 to 10 The harlot's breasts keeps men from Abraham's bosom. The delight only lasts a moment but the torment lasts an eternity. Who, for a cup of pleasure, would drink a sea of wrath? Her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Proverbs 9, verse 18. Wise traveler, though many pleasant dishes are set before him at the inn, refrains from eating all of them because of the consequences. We are all travelers to Jerusalem above, and when many baits of temptation are set before us, we should refrain and think of the judgment that will be brought in at death. With what pleasure could Dionysius eat his delicacies when he saw that a glittering sword hung over his head as he sat at the table? While the adulterer feeds on strange flesh, 
the sword of God's justice hangs over his head. Cosinus speaks of a tree that grows in Spain that has a sweet smell and is pleasant to the taste. But its juice is poisonous. This is an emblem of a harlot. She may be perfumed and be lovely to look at, but she is poisonous and damnable to the soul. Many are the victims she has cast down, and numerous are all of her slain. Proverbs 7 verse 26 the adulterer does what lies in him to destroy the soul of someone else, and so kills two people at once. He is worse than the thief, for if a thief robs someone and takes away his life, the person's soul may be happy. He may go to heaven as well as if he died in his bed, but he who commits adultery endangers the soul of someone else, and does all he can to deprive her of salvation. What a fearful thing it is to be an instrument to draw someone else to hell. The adulterer is abhorred by God. The mouth of an adulteress is a deep pit. He is cursed of the Lord will fall into it. Proverbs 22:14. What can be worse than to be abhorred by God? God may be angry with his own children. But for God to abhor someone is the highest degree of hatred. How does the Lord show his abhorrence of the adulterer? He does so by giving him up to a reprobate mind and a seared conscience, just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer. God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. Romans 1 verse 28 the adulterer is in, in such a condition that he cannot repent. He is abhorred by God. The immoral person stands upon the threshold of hell, and when death gives him a push, he tumbles in. Adultery sows discord. Adultery destroys peace and love. The two best flowers that grow in a family. It sets husband against wife and wife against husband causing the joints of the same body to smite one against another. This division in a family works confusion, for a house divided against itself falls, Luke 11 verse 17. All this should sound a warning in our ears. It should call us away from the pursuit of so damnable a sin as immorality. Hear what the scriptures say, her house is a way to Sheol. Proverbs 7, verse 27. I will now give some directions by way of a remedy to avoid the infection of this sin. Do not enter into the company of an immoral woman. Avoid her house just as a sailor avoids a rock. Keep your way far from her and do not go near the door of her house. Proverbs 5, verse 8. He who does not want the plague must not go near the infected houses, to not avoid the occasion of sin, and yet to pray do not lead us into temptation, is as if one would put his finger into the flame of the candle and yet pray that it may not be burnt. Secondly, guard your eyes. Much sin comes in by the eye, having eyes full of adultery. Second Peter 2 verse 14 
the eye tempts the imagination, and the imagination works upon the heart. A lustful, impassioned eye may usher in sin. Eve first saw the tree of knowledge, and then she took. First she looked, and then she loved. The eye often sets a heart on fire. Therefore Job laid a law upon his eyes. I have made a covenant with my eyes. How then could I gaze at a virgin? Job 31.1 Democritus, a philosopher, plucked out his eyes because he did not want to be tempted with vain objects. The scripture does not command us to do this, but it does tell us to guard our eyes. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. Psalm 101 verse 3 Thirdly, guard your lips. Take heed of any unclean word that may ignite unclean thoughts in yourselves or others. Bad company corrupts good morals, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33. Impure conversation is a bellows to blow up the fire of lust. Much evil is carried to the heart by the tongue. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips, Psalm 141, verse 3. Number four, be careful to guard your heart. Watch over your heart with all diligence, Proverbs 4, verse 23. Every person has a tempter in his own heart. Out of the heart come evil thoughts, Matthew 15, verse 19. Thinking about sin prepares a way for the act of sin. Suppress the first risings of sin in your heart. As the serpent guards his head when danger is near, so keep your heart, which is a spring from which all lustful emotions begin. Be careful of your clothing. We read about the clothing of a harlot, Proverbs 7, verse 10. A modest clothing stirs up lust. Worldly hairstyles and makeup, excessive or worldly jewelry, tight clothing, half-naked breasts, are all enticements to immorality. Where the sign is hung out, people will go in and taste the alcohol. Jerome says, those who by their suggestive clothing attempt to draw others to lust, even if no evil follows, are tempters, and they will be punished because they offered the poison to others even though they would not drink. Be careful to avoid evil companions. Sin is a very contagious disease. One person tempts someone else to sin, and he gets set in a life of sin. There are three cords that draw people to immorality. The inclination of the heart, the persuasion of evil company, and the embraces of the harlot. This threefold cord is not easily broken. A fire blazed up in their company, Psalm 106, verse 18. The fire of lust is kindled in bad company. Beware of worldly entertainment. A movie theater is often a preface to immorality. Plays and movies furnish the seeds of wickedness. We are commanded to avoid every form of evil. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 22. And are not plays the appearance of evil? You see such things there that are not proper to behold with pure eyes. 
A wise clergyman observes that many people on their deathbeds have confessed with tears that the impurity of their bodies began with worldly entertainment. Beware of mixed dancing. Dances are instruments of lust and indecency. Dancing leads to flirtation and lust, which leads to immorality. John Calvin wrote, quote, There is for the most part some unchaste behavior in dancing, end quote. Dances draw the heart to immorality by indecent gestures, by impure touches, and by lustful looks. Chrysostom denounced mixed dancing in his time. We read in the Bible, he says, of a marriage feast, but of dancing there we read not. Many people have been ensnared by dancing, such as the Duke of Normandy and others. Dancing is not the conduct of a chaste woman but of the adulteress, said Ambrose. Chrysostom says, where dancing is, there the devil is. I speak mainly of mixed dancing. We read of dances in scripture, but they were purposeful and modest. Miriam the prophetess, Aaron's sister, took the timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dancing, Exodus 15:20. They were not mixed dances, but were orderly and religious, usually being accompanied with singing praises to God. Beware of immodest and immoral books and pictures. They things promote lust. Just as a reading of the scripture stirs up love to God, so reading morally corrupt books stirs up the mind to wickedness. To impure books I may add impure and immodest pictures which captivate the eye and inflame lust. They secretly carry poison to the heart. Beware of excess and diet. When gluttony and drunkenness lead, immorality and impurity follow. Wine inflames lust. Some of Sodom's sins were pride, laziness, and gluttony, Ezekiel 16, verse 49. The worst weed grows out of the richest soil. Immorality proceeds from excess. They were well fed, lusty horses, each one neighing after his neighbor's wife, Jeremiah 5, verse 8. Get the golden bridle of temperance. God allows a refreshment of nature, and what may prepare us a better for his service. But we were of excess and overindulgence. Excess in worldly things clouds the mind, chokes good affections, and arouses lust. I discipline my body and make it my slave. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 27 The overindulged flesh is prone to immorality. Beware of idleness. When a person is idle, he is ready to receive any temptation the devil sows most of his seeds of temptation and fallow ground. Idleness is a cause of impurity and immorality. Some of Sodom's sins were pride, laziness, and gluttony, Ezekiel 16, verse 49. When David was idle on the top of his house, he observed Bathsheba and committed adultery with her, 2 Samuel 11, verse 4. Jerome 
gave his friend advice to be always well employed in God's vineyard, so that when the devil came he might have no free time to listen to temptation. Take care to avoid fornication and adultery. To avoid these sins, let every man have a pure, entire love to his own wife. Ezekiel's wife was the desire of his eyes, Ezekiel 24, verse 16. When Solomon had turned away from immoral women, he prescribed a remedy against it. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth, Proverbs 5, verse 18. It is not having a wife that makes a man live in a pure manner, but it is loving a wife that makes him do so. He who loves his wife, whom Solomon calls his fountain, will not go abroad to drink of muddy contaminated waters. Pure marital love is a gift of God and it comes from heaven. However, like the sacred fire, it must be nourished so that it does not go out. He who does not love his wife is the likeliest person to embrace immorality and adultery. Strive to get the fear of God into your hearts. By the fear of the Lord one keeps away from evil, Proverbs 16, verse 6. Just as the embankment keeps out the water, so the fear of the Lord keeps out immorality. Those who lack the fear of God lack the restraint that should keep them from sin. How did Joseph keep from giving in to the temptation from Potiphar's wife? The fear of God pulled him back. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? Genesis 39 verse 9. Bernard of Clairvaux calls holy fear the doorkeeper of the soul. As a nobleman's doorkeeper stands at the door and keeps out wanderers, so the fear of God stands and keeps out all sinful temptations from entering in. Take delight in the word of God. How sweet are your words to my taste, Psalm 119 verse 103. Chrysostom compares God's word to a garden. If we walk in this garden and get sweetness from the flowers of the promises, we will never care to pluck the forbidden fruit. Let the scriptures be my pure pleasure, says Augustine. The reason why people seek after impure sinful pleasures is because they have nothing better. Caesar Riding through a city and seeing the women playing with dogs and parrots said, Surely they have no children. So those who play around with immoral people have no better pleasures. He who has once tasted Christ and a promise is ravished with delight, and he would reject the temptation to sin. Job said that the word was his necessary food. No wonder then, that he made a covenant with his eyes.